You're about to listen to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome, welcome. Yes, do come in for another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. This would be episode number six. Yes, I've been playing the spooky background noise because it's almost Halloween. Yes, yes. How did this Halloween thing even get started? Well, no one knows for sure, but there are some thoughts on the matter. Halloween, or All Hallows' Evening, also known as All Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, or All Saints' Eve, is a yearly celebration observed on, of course, October 31st. In old-timey days, it began a three-day observance of All Hallowtide, a time in the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, martyrs, and all the faithful departed believers. According to many scholars, All Hallows' Eve is a Christianized feast influenced by Celtic harvest festivals and possible pagan roots, particularly the Gaelic festival Samhain. Other scholars maintain that it originated independently of Samhain and has solely Christian roots. Well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Whatever. A lot of holidays have origins in pagan roots. I mean, even Christmas does. Apparently that was originally the Saturnalia festival from ancient Rome. So, you know. Anywho, Anglican colonists in the American South and Catholic colonists in Maryland recognized All Hallows' Eve in their church calendars, although the Puritans of New England maintained strong opposition to the holiday, along with other traditional celebrations of the established church, including Christmas. North American almanacs of the late 18th and early 19th century give no indication that Halloween was widely celebrated there. It was not until mass Irish and Scottish immigration in the 19th century that Halloween became a major holiday in America. See what happens when you let that riffraff in. <laughs> Halloween was confined to the immigrant communities during the mid-19th century, but it was gradually assimilated into the mainstream society, and by the first decade of the 20th century, it was being celebrated coast to coast by people of all social, racial, and religious backgrounds. Meanwhile, down south here in Louisiana, in Cajun era, a nocturnal mass was said in cemeteries on Halloween night. Candles that had been blessed were placed on graves, and families sometimes spent the entire night at the graveside. Oh, shy, you wouldn't catch me doing that. No, sir, no way, no how. Hey! Development of artifacts and symbols associated with Halloween formed over time. But of course, jack o' lanterns were the most popular. You see, jack-o'-lanterns were traditionally carried by geysers, people in costume, on All Hallows' Eve in order to frighten evil spirits. There is a popular Irish Christian folktale associated with the jack-o'-lantern, which in lore is said to represent a soul who has been denied entry into both heaven and hell. The story goes something like this. En route home after a night's drinking, Jack 
encounters the devil and tricks him into climbing the tree. A quick-thinking Jack edges the sign of the cross into the bark, thus trapping the devil. Jack then strikes a bargain that Satan can never claim his soul. After a life of sin, drink, and mendacity, Jack is refused entry into heaven when he dies. Keeping his promise, the devil refuses to let Jack into hell and throws a live coal straight from the fires of hell at him. It was a cold night, so Jack places the coal in a hollowed out turnip to stop it from going out. Since which time, Jack and his lantern have been roaming looking for a place to rest evermore. In Ireland and Scotland, the turnip has traditionally been carved during Halloween, but immigrants to North America use the native pumpkin, which is both much softer and much larger, making it easier to carve than a turnip. <laughs> Once again, American ingenuity strikes gold. The American tradition of carving pumpkins is recorded in 1837 and was originally associated with harvest time in general, not becoming specifically associated with Halloween until the mid to late 19th century. Now, of course, trick-or-treating is a customary celebration for children on Halloween. Children go in costume from house to house asking for treats such as candy or sometimes money. What? Anyway, with the question, trick-or-treat, the word trick refers to threat, to perform mischief on the homeowners or their property if no treat is given. The practice is said to have roots in the medieval practice of mumming, which is closely related to souling. In England, from the medieval period up to the 1930s, people practiced the Christian custom of souling on Halloween, which involved groups of soulers, both Protestant and Catholic, going from parish to parish, begging the rich for soul cakes in exchange for praying for the souls of the givers and their friends. In Scotland and Ireland, guising is a traditional Halloween custom and is recorded in Scotland at Halloween in 1895 where masqueraders in disguise carrying lanterns made out of scooped out turnips visit homes to be rewarded with cakes, fruit, and money. The practice of guising at Halloween in North America is first recorded in 1911 where a newspaper in Kingston, Ontario reported children going guising around the neighborhood. And today it's all about candy and horror movies, and a bunch of costumes, and a bunch of people who just refuse to grow up wearing costumes. I, do kids even trick-or-treat anymore? I don't know. Anyway, there you have it. Happy Halloween. But actually, there's a much more darker story behind all of this, and it's high time someone told it. The terrible dark secret truth of Halloween is simply this. Although many people believe that it... We interrupt this program for this special news bulletin. News taken from HuffPo's weird news section. Which is better when it's read by me. Murder victim plays dominoes at his own wake. In a tribute to her son, who died in an October 11 shooting, a woman hired a company to prop up her son in front of a table of dominoes, giving him one last party to celebrate his send-off to the great beyond. 
Jomar Aguio Calazo was shot a few days after his 23rd birthday. For going a traditional wake, Calazo's body went on display at his mother's bar in Rio Pedares, Puerto Rico. Pictures show him propped up at a table next to a jukebox, seeming to enjoy one last game. Donning a blue tracksuit, he sat surrounded by dominoes while friends and family took turns sitting next to him. This tribute might remind some of Weekend at Bernie's, but diorama-style wakes are becoming increasingly popular in parts of Puerto Rico, with at least four other bodies having been put into lifelike displays in the past eight years. Colazzo's mother worked with Martin Funeral Home in San Juan, which specializes making dioramas out of the deceased, according to Primahora.com. The Post reports that the practice is legal. No word yet if he won the game of dominoes. <laughs> oh, oh, happy Halloween. Huh? <laughs> Meanwhile, in Santa Barbara, alleged wedding crasher bites police dog. Santa Barbara police have detained a 22-year-old man they say crashed a wedding, then bit an officer and a police dog during a six-minute melee. Sergeant Riley Harwood says police were called Saturday night after a stranger, who may have been on drugs, crashed the wedding at the Santa Barbara Carriage Museum. Harwood says guests evicted him, but during a confrontation with two arriving officers, he punched one in the face and bit his shoulder then bit a police dog on the leg. The confused dog also bit an officer. Harwood says after he was handcuffed, the man attacked a third officer. Two officers were treated for various injuries. Harwood says the man was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries and will be arrested when he's released. They'd better check him for the zombie virus, huh? <laughs> but finally, a man-bites-dog story. That's news! And we'll be right back with more news after these very important messages. Say, gang, it's your old pal Mr. Nelson, and just in time for Halloween, I've got a spooky movie for you that I've filled with my witty commentary and smart-ass sound effects. Yes, yes, this film is a version of Frankenstein, that classic horror story. Dr. Victor Frankenstein, a closeted homosexual working in a castle on a remote Swiss island, attempts to create a perfect man, but his resultant creation turns out to be a murderous flatulent beast who must be destroyed. So he sends his girlfriend and young son to trap the monster. Also in this baggage deal is Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe, Chapter 3. Flash and his crew get caught in an avalanche, while Dr. Zarkov is in an aerial dogfight with mean thugs. After that, Dr. Zarkov also has to battle his own crew over the break room microwave. This film includes music by Kevin MacLeod. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So if you can stand all of that, head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Go there now. Where can you find the Bob Levy Show? It's in my ass. It's in my ass. <laughs> Bob, no, no, no. 
You can find The Bob Levy Show on iTunes and at Stitcher and... In my asshole. <laughs> Bob, stop, stop. No, you can find The Bob Levy Show at RadioMisfits.com. So what are you waiting for? My asshole. Well, maybe that too. Join us now as we delve into the world of two industry titans as they clash for power over a town called Camden. Chloe, get your spoiled brat ass in here. What do you want now, Dad? I want to tell you you're grounded, you little bitch. Why? Why? I found out about you and that Conti boy. There's no way in hell any daughter of mine's gonna get knocked up with Conti Spawn. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you! <laughs> yeah, go upstairs, you little whore. Well, BL, what's the matter with the princess? She couldn't get a pony. Hey, Jillian, my favorite trophy wife. It's good of you to come in after your hours of showing off your tan lines to that pool boy, Kinsel. I, I don't know what you mean. You know exactly what I mean, you whore. You'd better shape up. Or what? You're gonna ground me, too? No, I'll just cut off your credit cards. Uh, you wouldn't dare. Try me, bitch. I, uh, damn it, saved by the bell. Uh, I gotta take this. Get out of here. Ruthless bastard. One of these days. <laughs> hey, Miss, uh, Mrs. Levy. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I scrubbed down the patio and, uh, I did it with my shirt off and got all the video footage that you asked me to, so <laughs> here it is. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Say, you know, I've been having troubles with my shower, and um, could you look at it? Oh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the matter with it? <laughs> you know, I think it's best if I go up there and you follow me, and I take a shower, and you watch, and then maybe we'll find out the problem together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'll... I'll work hard, so you won't have to. <laughs> what the hell was that supposed to mean? It's uh, it's it's from that. Uh, uh, n- n- never mind. Yeah. Um, keep your mouth shut because when you don't, you really spoil the mood. Well, let's go. So what's with the call, Conti? You wanted to hear what a real king of the suppository industry sounds like? No. I wanted you to keep that little whore daughter of yours away from my son, Hemingway. Yeah, Hemingway should be so lucky. At least then he could marry into a business that's going somewhere instead of down the commode like his father's. One day, Levy, you're going to pay for stealing my suppository design. That's all in your head, you low-lying gorilla. You're not the only one who's seen a banana. I gotta go. You're boring me, and I've got a real life to live. Too bad you'll never know what that's like. <laughs> Bastard. Oh, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, what the? Oh, oh, it's unbelievable. Who shot BL? Find out in the next exciting episode of Camden. And now we're back for more news from Mr. Nelson. And now news concerning science. 
Buddha statue, or rock formation spotted on Mars. A Buddha-like statue has been spotted on Mars, and according to the headline on Mira.co.uk, it's held up as proof that intelligent life existed there. Following the thread of this story leads to some questionable facts that suggest the Red Planet is covered in ancient relics and artifacts. The trail points to UFOSightingsDaily.com that headlines this object as Stunning Martian God Found on Mars, with the date of its discovery listed as October 2015. UFO Sightings Daily Scott C. Waring, a self-proclaimed ufologist, actually rides the fence when he writes, I think we've seen this statue before, but never this close up. It shows a face and head turned to its right, with breasts and a plump stomach and shoulders. The photo alone should be enough to convince the United Nations that intelligent life once existed on Mars. But NASA doesn't want anyone to know the truth. First of all, Waring is correct when he mentioned seeing the statue before, but not correct that it was, but never this close up. Exactly a year ago, right after NASA's Curiosity rover snapped a picture on Mars in October 7, 2014, that revealed the statue image in a group of rocks, Waring's UFOSightingDaily.com posted on October 13th, a story and enhanced close-up of the statue-like object under the headline, Sitting Statue Discovered on Mars. Question. Why would UFO Sightings Daily allege that the statue figure was only just discovered this month when it also made the claim a year ago? The site further states, The statue was found by YouTube channel Paranormal Crucible, which offers many visual examples of bizarre things on the Red Planet. Due to the poor quality of this NASA image, we have to rebuild it. Using colorization techniques and a little artistic license, it would appear that Mars did indeed have an advanced culture, a culture intelligent enough to create monuments of their kings or gods. According to Paranormal Crucible, over the last few years, other Alien items have supposedly been photographed on Mars. Things that NASA routinely dismisses as misidentified rock formations. These include an iguana, a floating spoon, a traffic light, ancient cities, humanoid figures, pyramids, a finger, thigh bone, and a door handle. But the real story here, I believe, is we must question the journalistic integrity of UFOSightingsDaily.com when they certainly had seen this image before. Hmm. In other science news, this takes us all the way to China. Headline. Mystery floating city appears over China. A floating city was reported in early October by citizens of the Chinese cities of Foshan and Jiangxi. Not only did this amazing sight appear in clouds, but it was also videotaped by a local resident. If it was seen by many and videotaped, does that rule out a Photoshop hoax or other clever form of vagary? According to the Christian Science Monitor, the floating skyline apparition spawned a variety of theories, including dimensional portals and parallel universes. UPI reported online claims that the Chinese government was testing secret holographic technology. In fact, it's actually good old science. 
It even has a name, Fata Morgana, from the Italian name Morgan Le Fay, a medieval sorceress who, according to legend, created an illusion of buildings over the Strait of Messina in Italy that lured sailors to their deaths. It's an optical illusion that distorts distant objects as a result of cold temperatures on the ground contrasting with hotter temperatures high in the air, according to UPI. The illusion is due to a slightly unusual temperature structure in the lower part of the atmosphere, said Kenneth Bowman, an atmospheric scientist from Texas A&M University. When you get this unusual temperature structure in the atmosphere, you can get light rays where light scatters off the surface and goes up into the atmosphere and is refracted back down to the surface again. It's not exactly a reflection because it's not a mirror, but it's like looking through a lens and you're seeing the surface at a long distance away, but it looks like it's floating up in the atmosphere. Bowman told the Christian Science Monitor. When Bowman was asked if he thought the floating city appearance could have been a holographic projection, he said, No, that falls into the category of wacko. <laughs> well, I guess that shuts the door on the floating city. And that's the news. Join us again for more Nailson news, either here or on Conti and Kinney. Stick around. There's more Mr. Nelson show coming up after these important messages. The Reverend Bob Levy has another show that has a woman's touch. It's called Beauty and the Beast, and it features the Reverend Bob Levy and Sahara Candela. I got it right, huh? Kidding. You just called me Sahara. Sahara. My name is not the actual desert. Oh, boy. Sorry, Sahari. Oh, well, I'm sure Bob will figure it out someday. Tune in to Beauty and the Beast with the Reverend Bob Levy and the lovely Sahari Candela on RadioMisfits.com. Well, hello there. Yes, it's Mr. Nelson. Some of you might have noticed that these films I have over at my little store are all pure crap, and that's the idea. That's why I brutalize them with my savage commentary and nasty sound effects. But you're in luck. I found a film that's actually quite good. In fact, it's a horror classic. I'm talking about Night of the Living Dead. Don't ask me, for some reason it just was not copyright protected, and so it fell into public domain, which leaves it open to assholes like me to just dump all over it. I shouldn't, but I can't help myself. Anyway, Night of the Living Dead is about some people who spend the night in some old farmhouse when suddenly, some undead cannibals show up to crash the party. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. Hey, this is Joe Conti. Please leave a voicemail. And I promise I will make an effort to get back to you as soon as I can.
this is Bob. I need you to retweet all the posts that I tweeted you, including the ones on the Facebook pages, uh, Rising with Bob Levy and the Bob Levy Show, and all the dates and uh, news things, and you know all that shit, Joe. Just retweet. Right, I gotta go. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> hey, Joe. It's John. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, uh, uh, I got in, uh, in an argument, uh, with my mailman, and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, kind of rigged up my mailbox <laughs> with a stink bomb. <laughs> well, it went off, and it, it burned his fingers so bad that, uh, the doctors think they might have to amputate one of them. Get out of <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm in jail. <laughs> I need you to <laughs> come get me out if you if you can, Joe. <laughs> Joe, what the fuck? Retweet, you fucking lowland gorilla. What the? God damn it, fucking dogs! Shut up, LeBron. Go outside and piss or shit. What? God damn it, Chloe. That, you, you go out there, you eat grass, and then you throw it up in here on the floor. God damn it. Shit. Uh, retweet, Joe. Uh, I gotta talk to you later. You have no more messages. Are you looking for happiness? Then comedian Joe Conti has got good news for you. So, uh, I'm a single guy, I'm not married, um... Most people here are single. We have uh, single women here tonight. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of laughs, but there's also a philosophical search. These are uh, thoughts that I have in my head, and I wanted to share them with you. If a bulimic had Alzheimer's, would they still be fat because I keep forgetting to throw up? Is bowling not a sport, but just an activity for alcoholics too lazy to play softball? <laughs> if America created a gay, patriotic airline, would they call it the Fruited Plains? And would they have a mild deep club? Was that too far? Was that the point? Right there. Boom! Too far for this audience. And of course... A little something for the lady. Uh, this is for every woman in here. Every woman is every woman's real fantasy, real sexual fantasy, to have a really good-looking gynecologist with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> yes, there's more where that came from. So do yourself a favor. Head over to iTunes or Amazon and order yourself some happiness from Joe Gotti. good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. That's right, I had a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There, you can order Otto and George's new DVD-slash-CD in concert. And you can get his new T-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at autoandgeorge.com
Tonight, we find Commissioner Whitman in his office with our two spandex-clad heroes, Night-Night and Boobo. Well, things were quiet on the costume freak element since the Pink Elephant Gang was locked up. But now the Fooler and his gang are back in town. The court gesture of criminal tomfoolery. What is that fiend up to this time? Bank robber. Seems he managed to fool banks into loading cash into his van that was disguised as a legitimate armored delivery vehicle. Thanks to his compulsion to reveal himself, we know it was him as he left these recorded messages to the banks. We believe his gang has two new members. Maiden Mud, the Mistress of Disguise, and Pink Elephant's gal pal, the Flying Pig. The Flying Pig! Yeah, with Elephant locked up, she must have hooked up with the fooler. She doesn't belong with those criminal scum. I know somewhere inside her dwells a wholesome woman of American housewife material. Why, she's really just a sweet, innocent flower. A flower that was rudely plucked and corrupted by that asshole, the pink elephant. Why, it seems like only yesterday when I first met her. Hey, Night-Night, allow me to introduce you to my latest honey, the Flying Bee. Howdy, Night-Night. Say, do my womanly charms excite you, Night-Night? Not a chance, lady. Hmm. Your tights betray you, Mr. Superhero. (laughs) Yes, there was no denying the instant deep passion I felt for her. It was truly love at first sight. Ah, damn it! Your boner's showing, Night Night. <laughs> Night Night's bitching a Let this go. Fooler gang, go get him. God. Yeah, you're standing there daydreaming and popping a rod is making me look bad. Shut up, Bubo. In order to make you look good, I'd have to be a brain dead vegetable laying in my own poo. And soon the night cruiser can be seen stalking the streets of Cityopolis in search of its criminal prey. So what's the game plan, Night-Night? It's simple, Bobo. Since the fooler is using his van disguised as an armored vehicle, we will simply attack every armored vehicle we see. Huh. But what if we hit the wrong one? We could do a lot of damage and maybe even hurt innocent people. Unnecessary evil in our righteous cause. Oh, yeah. And so our masked marbles use the mighty night cruiser to ram armored vehicles wherever they find them. Man, this is the fourth fan and still no fooler. It wasn't this hard to track him down last time. That's because I was able to tag his van with a night trekking star. Wait a minute. I never got that trekking star back. It might still be in his van. If so, we need only turn the tracker on. Meanwhile, across town in an old abandoned warehouse, we find the Fooler with the Flying Pig and Maiden Mud tied up and hanging from a meat hook while the rest of the gang looks on. You'll never get away with this, Fooler! I've already gotten away with it, bitch! Damn you, Fooler! Fooler! We only helped you on these bank jobs so you'd help me bust out the pink elephant when he's transferred to court next week. Well, I fooled you. 
Hey, boss, one of our lookout spotted the night cruiser out in the back parking lot. What? Damn it! Get the snipers on it! We might get to send night nut to nighty night land for good! Come on, mud. We gotta get loose before they come back. Sorry, pig, but Fooler hit me with super blow dryers, and without moisture, my mud-like skin is almost like rock. I can barely move. If only there was a way for me to get you wet. Uh, well... Suddenly, a large window near our femme fatales is smashed through by our masked marvels, Night Night and Boobo. Well, 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 Miss Flying Pig. It seems your nefarious deeds have now come back to bite you on your sweet, sweet pink ass. But fear not. I shall soon release your writhing bulbous bodies from this dire bondage. Not so fast, Nick. Great tomfoolery. It's the master of the clever ruse. Yes, Bobo. I'd know that sinister laugh anywhere. It's our old arch enema, the fooler. That's enemy, stupid. I ain't going nowhere near your ass. So, next fooler. I expect you'll strip these ladies nakedly nude, oil them up, and then break out the whips and paddles and spank their asses throbbing red. Uh, no, but, but you know, now that you mention it, that's not such a bad idea, except I'm more partial to whipped cream than oil, but, uh, you know, whatever. You, you polluter of purity, be there no end to your perversions. My perversions? All that crap was your idea. But enough of this palaver. Boys, kick his ass. And soon, Night Night and Bubo are engaged in brutal hand-to-hand combat. Unfortunately, most of the brutality is on them. Sadly, our heroes were only able to strike back at their foes with their faces, guts, and butts. Which, of course, results in their total defeat. (laughs) Now they are bound and at their enemy's mercy. But again, sadly, their enemies have no mercy. Well, looks like you shit in your nest this time, night-night. This... Looks like the end, my darling. But at least, we'll die in each other's arms. Wow, that's, um, that's just the Meadows Muffin. Boss, we want to hurry this up. The tights you make us wear are making our balls itchy, and we need to go wear them out. (sighs) Enough of this shit! Suddenly, the flying pig breaks free and attacks Fooler's gang. (laughs) Whoa, shit, whoa! I thought I told you idiots to hogtie that bitch! Boo! Go your balls! <coughs> Damn it! Where are you assholes going? Get your asses back over here and help me! Sorry, boss. Yeah, taking on night nut and butthole is one thing, but the flying pig? Shit. Yeah, you ain't paying us enough for that kind of pain. <sighs> Well, Fooler, it seems your machinations have only served to make a fool love you. Oh, my balls. Phew. Boy, Night-Night, that was a close one. We sure got lucky. Damn it, Boobo. 
You could learn a thing or two about teamwork from Flying Pig and Maiden Mud. Why, our team should be more like theirs. Are you all right? Did he hurt you? No, I'm fine. Thanks to you. Suddenly, the Flying Pig and Maiden Mud embrace and kiss each other passionately on the lips while a shocked Night Night and Bubo look on. Uh, I don't think we should be their kind of team, Night Night. Shut up, Bubo! <laughs> and thus ends another adventure of Night Night. But it ended in heartbreak. Is there hope for Night Night's happiness? Probably not, but that's his problem. Tune in next time for another adventure of Night Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Well, friends, it's time to turn the lights out here at RadioMisfits.com for this edition of the Mr. Nelson Show. But before I go, I thought I'd give you a brief glimpse of the upcoming Bob Levy Show Halloween special. And now, Bob Gruel and the WBLZ Morning Crew have descended upon this evening to bring you a night of tricks and treats till midnight. So you talk to the dead? The spirits of the dead, yeah. Uh, hello? Shall we begin? Yes, please. Did, did you kill your wife and kids here? Forgive Watch! She's going into the bush! Alright, you got me. Happy Halloween. Now let's get the lights on. Hey, open the door! Open it now! Oh, well. I hope everything works out. <laughs> Gee, what's going on there? Well, you'll just have to tune in Halloween and find out. Good night, everybody. And sweet dreams. <laughs> All right, calm down. I'll get to you in a minute. Views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked.